Welcome to Your Best Bets. 2024 is here. We are shaking off the rust here at Your Best Bets. It's been two months since we ran a podcast. Just got through the holidays and right in the middle of the winter season. And, uh, you know, I texted the guys yesterday. I'm like, it's time to fire this thing up for the new year. So we're here. We got a lot to talk about. We uh, got a lot of golf things going on. Uh, Had an amateur winner for the first time in 33 years yesterday. We'll get into that. Got some personal golf stuff we're going to talk about, what our goals for the year are. Of course, live versus PGA Tour. Where are we with this shit show now? Um, and, of course, a little bit of football as well. Um, Zach Fitzgerald is here. Sir, how are you? It's it's wonderful to see your face again. I'm just joyous to be with you. Uh, it's excellent to see both of you as well. Uh, I'm good. It's been cold. Uh, I've been working. Um, pipes break when when water freezes so it's been good uh for the hours but bad for the sleep and uh aside from that man everything's been good played uh indoor golf the first half of the year uh played that with lance hoke uh, it was a good time kind of kept the body loose uh decided to we'll see if i stick to this but decided to finally put the blades away for good uh got some ZX7s with some different shafts in them, hit them all throughout this session, and we're going to give them a go next year. Uh, I would say that the likelihood is probably by June the blades are back in the bag, uh, but we're going to give it a shot. So aside from that, man, everything's great. Looking forward to golf. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get into that a little more later on when we talk about our, our own golf games. Uh Johnny Strauser is here. Um, I thought we'd talk about the Detroit Pistons. They lost a lot of games we, while we were on. We could hiatus. talk about we could talk about the Detroit Pistons. Yes, that that and and before I talk about the t- the team, I want to talk about with the. I actually pay. They're on Bally Sports. And I actually pay for that godforsaken app because I play or I watch a lot of the, I watch all the Tiger games all all summer long I said I'm just going to go ahead and keep it and watch the Pistons I've been paying $20 a month to to watch these guys now, I really don't watch it that much it's mostly just an app on the back of my phone and everything like that but anyways yes it's been a it's a big deal um Lions going to the NFC fucking championship game they were I was not even a teenager the time they last won a playoff game. I don't remember that game. I remember a lot of that season watching those games. I just cannot recall that game back in 1992. It was actually January of 92. So watching the last uh, couple of Sundays here um, has just been, it's been amazing. It's just been incredible. Um, I, I, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think it would be this awesome because the Lions, to me, are just a team I, I drink the Kool-Aid for at the draft, get hyped for them all summer long, and then by Thanksgiving, it's like, when does baseball season start? But it's just like, just an amazing run here, what uh, what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have done with the team, and um, seeing these guys flourish and seeing the the, the crowd, you see all the, the, the Lions fans 
And, you know, Michigan's a very passionate state with their sports teams. And it's just been, been an amazing run. And I, I'm just hoping the run can keep going for a, for a couple more games because it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just bliss. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's a little surreal, you know, I'm sure for you, the lions have just been before the Dan Campbell era, when the, this revitalization started, I mean, there was some, some dark, dark years. Uh, I mean, just stretches of years, you know, the Stafford era, there was some good moments, playoff appearance and, and all that, but, you know, largely for, I'm sure the course of your lifetime, this is, this is just, it's been, like you said, there's, there's never real expectations and you came into this season with real expectations and um, it's kind of cool to see a team deliver on that promise and, and get to the playoffs. And now we're, you're on the brink of, I mean, I can't even believe it. One game away from the Super Bowl. I I, I texted you those words yesterday. I'm like, this isn't fucking real. Uh, it's really yeah. not real. Um, but it makes you like actually cherish as a sports fan because you don't know when this is going to come along again. Yeah. Um, I remember the last Bears NFC Championship appearance was 2010, and it doesn't feel that long ago, but it's almost 15 years. And and we are in the darkness now, and so I think you gotta you gotta truly enjoy the good stuff when it happens, because who knows when it comes around again. Yeah, and and I, I worked uh, I worked the last eight days, and I was able to catch both games and everything. But today I had a day off, and and my my thing was is I spent I don't know the good for like first three hours of this morning just going through Twitter, watching the the videos. I love watching the, the, the Lions social media team is, is fantastic. So they post a lot of the uh, um, like the locker room videos and seeing just, just everything. And, and I follow a lot of Lions Twitter, seeing all that and, and, and just like really getting into it and everything. And, you know, not trying to think too far ahead of what could happen, but also I don't think it's totally fluky that they've made it to this, uh, you know, to the NFC championship game. I, I think the lions are, are a legitimate unit of a football team. And, and I think, uh, you know, San Francisco is likely the better squad. I mean, they didn't play that great against uh, the Packers, but there's no reason. I mean, the lions have proven throughout this entire season. They're not afraid of anybody as, as Dan Campbell says all the time, especially after all the wins you're built for this and they are, they're built to beat good teams and, the way they're set up and the way they're coached, the way they're gritty and mentally tough. It's like, they're not really afraid of anybody and they're not afraid of the moment. And that started with that first Thursday night game in Kansas city. And uh, you know, they beat them down and, and it's just been a, a magical season. So it's just trying to absorb it. And like you said, I mean, the NFL, you, it can turn in an instant. You could be, you could be elite one year and you know, you could win five games the next. So it's just like, when it's just like trying to every single game, every single moment is just trying to say, you know what, this is pretty cool. If it, if it doesn't happen again, it doesn't happen again. But you know what? I think I, I, I want I also want to tell you, you came to my bachelor party. I don't remember if you remember this, but we were at the, we were at the, no, we were at the tiger game and we got into a debate. I think it was beer aided, but we were talking about whether you'd be a fan whether you'd want your team to win a World Series or a Super Bowl. And I was like, World Series. And the Tigers were were pretty good at the time. So it was like, yeah, World Series, you know? Because I just didn't know what I didn't know what a good football team was, what what to root for, you know, you know, rooting for that. And now seeing this, it's like, no, no, it's it's a Super Bowl. 
it, it's it's a Super Bowl appearance, it's a Super Bowl win. So just to be one game away at this point, you know, after after all the hype, after everything, and and it's just kind of also kind of cool to see a lot of just NFL fans just kind of embracing the Lions fans and just saying, you know what, good for these guys because we've dealt with this shit shit for however many years, and it's been like this for you know for for decades. Do recall that conversation? Um, that was before things got really sideways for me that night. Really sideways. Really sideways. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we went up to a Monday night game together mm. with your cousin in yep. 2011 or 12. I can't remember. I think year. it was. I think it was 12 because 10 years was. It was yeah. well, yeah. It was last. It was uh, last year, 2022. So yeah, it was and, Monday and- night. Yeah, it was the first Monday night game Detroit hosted yeah. in a long, long time. A long, long time. Yeah. And it was, I mean, as 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 a visitor to the stadium from the or, or as you know, from the visiting team, a fan, it was it was fucking electric. And I yeah. hated to admit it, but we walked in and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And I can only imagine what it felt like the past two games. And it's it's a real home field advantage. And there's really not that many stadiums, I think, in the NFL that are like true mm-hmm. home field advantages. I, I think Arrowhead, yep. Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of these new stadiums are so big, and Ford Field is, but it's it's just got this vibe to it. And yeah, uh, yeah I just I'm just really impressed with the whole thing, and I know the city's got on a board, and um, I really think if you're not a fan of the other three teams, I think largely the NFL community and, and fans are rooting for the Lions. That's, that's kind of a cool spot to be in. Our friend Zach here sent us, and, and Zach, I don't know if you have it in front of you, but the game-changing trade for, of course you don't, is um, <laughs> the, the, the Stafford trade of a couple of years ago where the, the Lions just got an absolute haul. And, you know, we talked about very few trades in sports where both teams win. Um, it's true a true win-win. The Rams get Stafford, they get their Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and Detroit gets golf, which at the time kind of felt like a throw-in. Mm-hmm. It, it really did. Very underrated. And I think I remember a conversation about like, oh, they're gonna throw in a draft pick to so they'll take on his contract. They they threw in the, the second first rounder. So it was a first rounder, and then to get golf thrown in it on and off their books, they threw in a second one. So they ended up drafting um, Jamison Williams with the first one, who's been, you know, who, who's going to be a cog at some point, I'm hoping there. But they also turned it into uh, um, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Sam Laporta, and uh, defensive lineman Broderick Martin, um, Josh Paschal, who's also a rotational guy, and then um, a safety that they've got, uh, Ify Melifanu, I think is what he's the guy who sealed up the division with the interception uh, against Minnesota um, in week 16, I think is what it was, or game 16. So just to get a lot of core players from that uh, from that trade, to be able to trade that first rounder in the the second first rounder and get those other picks. And, and Brad Holmes, who actually came from uh, – uh, the Rams, so had a lot of faith in Goff. He's the guy who basically scouted Goff, um, so liked him, and he was he he kind of knew what to what to work with uh, or what the the Lions would then be working with. So, you know, Brad Holmes has turned out to be just a phenomenal GM and a, and a you know great uh, talent evaluator. You know, he drafted Gibbs with the 12th pick, and everybody hated that pick. 
um, nationally. I, as a Lions fan, was like, you know, first round pick. And then, um, you know, they draft Laporta. And then um, the guy from Georgia was uh, the higher rated tight end. They passed him to draft Laporta. And Laporta has been, I mean, he's he's great Kittle 2.0. I mean, he's just, you know, he's going to be elite. And I mean, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's it's the right type. They're drafting dudes that they like, and they got the right system. And and Dan Campbell's and and the rest of the staff, coaching staff and management, has just really just completely changed the culture. Because that used to be just a, uh, you know, it used to be a garbage dumpster fire of a franchise. It really was. It was just it was terrible. It was it always has been terrible. But uh, you know, getting guys in there, um, they they took Chris Spielman from Fox Sports. He's a former player and. He's he just kind of is behind the scenes guy and he built the culture within the you know with the the management staff and the 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 ticket sellers and and the the concession people and all that stuff. So it's just changed as an organization. It's kind of neat to see and and the 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 big thing at you know I know the national joke is same old lions and they've they've done buried that um you know with this with this new regime. So Kind of cool. It's it's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win playoff games in the NFL. It's just hard to sustain success, and it's just uh, it's it's shocking to see the team that I've rooted for for forty years or whatever it is um, being this good and and this complete and this trustworthy of an organization. So I'm just gonna ride it like you said, and and uh, win or lose, it's been it's been a dream season, and and. Uh, um, you know, hopefully they, they give them a game and, you know, we get, we get one more after that, which would be just, it would be bonkers. I, I just, I just, I, 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 if they win and then we have to go on the podcast next week, I might be insufferable. I just might. I, uh, I was sitting there watching the game last night and it was towards the end when, when we knew that they were going to win. And, you know, I was just kind of thinking about that trade and, you know, uh, I've been, I've been kind of thinking a lot about Carolina and the position that they put themselves in for for uh why can't I think of his name right now? Uh the quarterback that they took this this year Bryce from Alabama. Young. Yeah, you know, and, and everything they gave away and you know, look at where they would be now had they not done that. They'd have a chance of Caleb Williams or Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. for you know, that's just the dichotomy. I mean, it, it's crazy that, you know, you have a team like like Detroit, who who used getting rid of Stafford, who was a very beloved player for very yeah. good reason, you know, um, took golf, who was extremely underrated. And at that time, it was just like, hey, everybody thought it was a rental for a year. And then you guys would find a quarterback in the draft. Uh, he had a reasonably good year. And then you guys gave him a contract and, you know, look at him now. I think he's a really, really good quarterback. Um, and then you look at a team like the Bears, who now have the opportunity that, that you guys had, they have the opportunity to have a fantastic draft this year and put themselves in a position. Uh, I'm actually interested to hear Phil's position on what he thinks they should do with fields because I mean, do you keep him and build around him and trade the number one pick, which you'll get significantly more than you got last year for it? Or do you take Caleb Williams trade fields, which I've heard they potentially may get, like the first round eighth pick from Atlanta. And if that's the case, then you no trade way. fields. No way. Uh, I've, I've heard that. I'm telling you, I've heard I, it from, I, from multiple places that I've read. Um, I don't think it's possible either, but you know, I'm just interested to, to see what you guys think about that, that particular aspect, because 
we've just seen Detroit be able to perch themselves up pretty quickly with a good trade situation, a quarterback that people did not necessarily think was good, but then you started building around him and look what he is now. Uh, I'm just interested to see, because you guys are in a position that very few teams are ever in, ever. Yeah. You know, yeah, Ryan Poles deserves a ton of credit for that trade last year. It's I think it's going to go down as one of the most one-sided trades in NFL history. I really do. Um, if you just look on paper what, what the Bears have, have gotten so far, and um, we'll see what happens with uh, this first pick, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May, or they trade down and, and get another haul. Um, I don't know yet, but – uh, you know, Zach, you asked you asked a question that has been on my mind for about a month and a half, and I don't, and I've agonized over this. Not that what I think fucking matters, but um, I I go back and forth. I go back and forth almost every day, every week. Um, Tim and I, we've had several conversations about this. He he lands decidedly on one path, and I still don't know the right path. Um, I, I, all I do know is that the bears can't get this one wrong. And historically they always get it wrong. Um, and, and I'll support obviously as a fan, whatever they do. And I, I just, if you're asking me today, what I think is the right decision. Um, and, and by the way, they just hired Shane Waldron today as their offensive coordinator. And I don't know. Good if hire. Is, I don't know if that is any indication. Not Kingsbury. I think, well, I think that's potentially my thought on that one is like he, you know, him with Gino kind of reclamation sure. project with him. Sure. Maybe he sees yeah. something in fields. Yeah. I, I thought they were bringing Kingsbury in potentially no. as a, as a person. He to was in bring Caleb yeah. Williams in. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the, my first thought was like, okay, they're either interviewing him because they're interested in Caleb or, or maybe they're interviewing to get some more information about Caleb Williams. You know, yeah. was, was my That's thought. What I thought. feels good enough to win you guys a Super Bowl at any point with any amount of people around you. Yeah, I and think that's if you guys do not take Fields, I'm sorry, if you do not take Williams and he turns into Mahomes 2.0, that means that you guys passed on Mahomes and Williams. Jesus, just 2024, just throwing haymakers here. Yeah, I mean, burning yeah. just like yeah. South Chicago like, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you guys have had so many opportunities to be fantastic. With the team that you and you said you you brought up this team that always astonishes me the fact that you guys made it to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and since that time can't figure any made it with arguably what I think is the most ridiculous quarterback I've ever seen play uh, in a, in a big game like that I I do hope the best for you I'm not trying to like shit on you i do think you guys are in a really You're really good spot right. i just hope that it, i hope that i was it gonna say out. it certainly feels like it i mean you brought I rex just, you brought rex grossman into it uh, it is unnecessary you brought rex God grossman damn. into it when you said that the last time that you guys had made it to the nfc championship game was 2010 no, that was cutler. you could have just cutler. let that die that was jay was that cutler that was jay yeah i and thought by that, the way, that was by the, the year way, that i love i love jay cutler <laughs> i loved i love cutler for all of his faults i just Looking back, there's so many things I just enjoyed watching him play. It wasn't always pretty, but um, no, you know, Zach, I I think in my mind the right decision is to trade Fields and, and draft Caleb Williams because I don't I don't know if Fields can get you to a Super Bowl. Um, I, I do think there's a chance that Caleb Williams, and I hate this word, 
and it's thrown around. It's, it was thrown around this weekend with Nick Dunlap, potentially generational. Um, you know, Mahomes-like talent. I have some concerns about Caleb uh, when I saw him play against good defenses in college this year. I, I really did. Um, he looks amazing against the, uh, you know, the, the, the poor Pac-12 defenses. And he looks like this incredible, incredible player. But I saw him play against Notre Dame, and it didn't exactly yeah. look the same. And I, I do have some concerns. But I also know that USC team is not – it wasn't your typical talent-laden – uh, USC team. So I think the right decision in today, if you're asking me today, is is to see what you can get for Fields. It's not going to be the eighth pick. It's not going to be a first rounder, but it could be a second rounder, I think. Um, and 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 go with Caleb. Reset the rookie deal. I think you have a very good defense. I think you have a decent offensive line. You got some good, decent skill position players. Um, as much as as much shit as I gave Matt Eberflus last year, he seemed to kind of kind of turned the thing around midseason and the guys played for him. And um, I, I, you know, I would, I was kind of hoping for the let's go for Jim Harbaugh. Let's reset everything. We have the talent. Let's go. But I, I can get behind this Eberflus thing. If you bring in a real coordinator like Shane Waldron, who I think is, it, it is, it's an amazing opportunity. If, if they decide to go that, that route and draft Caleb, they also have the ninth pick. Um, you can get a you can get a lot of good talent in, in with those two picks. Um, or if you trade down and you decide, I want. I, the thing is, I love Fields. I love Fields. I think he's a really hard worker, good teammate. Um, I you know I just wish he was a little more consistent. I think we saw that a little bit at the end of the season. Um, you know, he played great against Atlanta. A couple of the Detroit games, he played really well in those games and. So you can you see what he can be. It's just the consistency wasn't always there, and you know I don't know if that's a him thing, a coaching thing, uh, a combination of both. But that's where we're at with him. And if he goes somewhere else, I I expect him to be awesome <laughs> because that's what happens to the Bears. And uh, so that's that's my answer today. Is is that's that's the path that we go. I know Tim is very very strongly pro fields. Um, he wants him to trade down. Um, build around them, and if they decide that's the right path, then I will support it. I I fall in the middle. I hope they don't break your hearts. That's I, and and that's with all seriousness. I, I truly do hope that for all my Bears fans or friends that are fans that that you guys take this rare opportunity that you have and and do the right thing. Kind of like when the Colts took luck because he was a can't miss prospect, or yeah, you know, yeah. I and the, the thing with with Fields is if you commit to him, you you basically are committing to pay him a, a pretty hefty contract too, and and that that the financial ramifications do matter, and resetting the rookie contract with Caleb Williams is part is a big part of this conversation. Um, but yeah, you're ultimately right. I really don't care which path they go as long as it's right. And as long as in two years we're saying they made the right play because it's just the history in the last 25 years with this organization is they, they, they get this one wrong and Ryan Poles can't get this one wrong. It's, it's going to define his job and he's done amazing work. Yeah. The, the two years he's had that he really has, he's, he made, yeah, he, think... he made, he made one bad call with the play pull trade, but he's made several good moves, yeah. but ultimately this will be the one that defines his uh, legacy as the GM of Bears. 
Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I think you just got to let him, let him do his thing. It's just like what, uh, when, when, when Brad Holmes was drafting, you know, Jameer Gibbs early and, and stuff like that, it's like, well, okay, I'm just, we just got to trust him and trust his pedigree for drafting well and talent evaluating. And Ryan Poles has done, he's done a great job, you know, just, you know, he's just got to decide if that's what he wants is fields on his second contract or not. So, yeah. you know, they're going to be an upcoming team, I think. And I think the North is going to turn into a pretty good division here because yeah. it looks like, you know, uh, um, Green Bay's got got their quarterback and, and hopefully Detroit's here to stay. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I, the, the Bears blew three fourth quarter leads of 10 plus points. This, they should have been a playoff team. They really should have been a playoff team. I mean, I know it it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I saw that the 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 percentage chance of them losing all three of those games, the games to the Broncos, the uh, the Lions, and then the Browns were it was it was less than like a tenth of percent that they would lose all all three of those games. Yeah. And so I mean, you win two of those games, they're probably uh, I know they're they're right at uh, nine wins there. So we're I don't think we're far off, but yeah, we this is this is the big. This is the big one, and I'm I'm very very nervous. I'm very nervous every day reading about this, and I read as much as I can, and it makes me more nervous. So, yeah. I am going to be excited, but also just apprehensive as hell the next three months. Um, so, so what do you think happens? What do I think happens? I think I think they'll look to trade Fields and draft Caleb. That's what I think will happen. I think they're going to. We'll have to circle back to this in a few, in a couple months because the draft's not you know, for a while. Mm-hmm. Which I, I will be there, by the way, at the draft, so I'll be able to, Ooh. you know. So live yeah. coverage. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, I haven't got haven't got tickets yet, but I got the hotel booked. So talk about golf, though. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on. Um, so. We've had this is the third uh, third tournament of the calendar year. Um, we've, you know, the 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 opening Hawaii swings always kind of fun to watch. Um, this this past weekend at the Amex is, I would say, less so, and it, it just gets drowned out in football. And this time of year, you're just you're just not watching the Amex unless you have something riding on it like money, um, have money riding on it for Sam Burns to win, you know, you know, someone like that. Um, uh, no, this, this is, it was a pretty historic thing that happened. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's really uncommon to see um, something that's never either never happens or hardly ever happens happen on the tour. And I mean, ha- having a college sophomore win a professional event, even one that this kid's got, Obviously, a ton of pedigree winning the U.S. Junior Am, winning the U.S. Am last year. Um, obviously, he's he's got he's got the stones to play. But winning the PGA Tour event, I I I get I went into Sunday morning and I texted Johnny. I said, "This guy's got he's not going to win this, right?" And I'm like, "This is this is going to be Burns or JT." And I know Johnny agreed. And um, uh, you know, I was watching it, following it pretty much the whole day, and I was convinced 100. percent Burns was going to win the whole day until he hit the tee shot on 17. Um, but I don't know, Zach, talk about your thoughts, just what that would be like as a 20-year-old kid in that environment, being able to close out the tournament. 
I mean, I think about what I was doing when I was 20 <laughs> and then what this kid's doing when he's 20 and it makes me feel pretty inferior. Uh, it's pretty amazing to be honest. Uh, obviously the fact that it hasn't been done in what'd you say? 33 years. And the only, the only last person to do it was Phil, who obviously has had a, a pretty historic career. So uh, putting yourself in line with Phil uh, on that measure is, is good. Um, I, you know, I really, to be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of golf at all. I, I didn't really watch any of this. Um, I didn't, I had heard, I think on Saturday evening that he shot 60 or something like that. Um, didn't even really know at that time that he was in the lead. I think it wasn't until probably two o'clock or so when you sent a text message or something about Sam Burns, uh, that I looked at the scores to see what was going on and realize that there was an amateur winning the tournament. Uh, and then at that point, I was kind of, you know, obviously watching the football games, but on my phone, I was kind of keeping track as to what was going on and saw Burns get up there and uh, actually didn't. I, I think I got busy doing something. So uh, like you, I was like, well, you know, Burns is right there with him now, tied and probably, you know, with the experience, going to take it. When I finally opened my phone to saw that, that that kid won. I thought it was a pretty special thing. Uh, for me, if I was in there, I would not. Uh, let's just be honest. I would have choked um, without a doubt, uh, 100%. So at 20, I mean, I don't know. I probably would have had a better chance at 20 than what I did now because I wasn't scared of anything then. Now all I just see is fears everywhere I look. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's crazy uh, uh, but, yeah but yeah. from an aspect of him winning i mean i did go around and the aside from this i would say it's the first time i've talked about golf in like two or three weeks i was i went to a couple places today to work on a, a couple people's broken pipes and uh everybody that that i talked to about golf is pretty excited about it so it's definitely a good thing to to get the golf world excited at a time where it's a little bit slow and uh, unfortunate for him that he's an amateur and didn't get to make any money. That's true, which kind of sucks. I mean, with, within the world of NIL, you know, uh, man, Christian was though, not, not bad for a runner up in that winner's purse. Uh, you know, Johnny, you were, you were a really good college player. I mean, can you imagine going out there with not just, not just guys from PJ Tour, but I mean, Justin, you're paired with Justin Thomas, one of the best players of this generation, and Sam Burns, Ryder Cupper, five time winner, and winning with them. I mean, it's it's really incredible. It's it, it's incredible. As you know, we met, uh, mentioned, Phil Mickelson was the last amateur to win uh, an amateur event. He also won the PGA Championship at 51 years old. And that is probably one of the greatest feats of all time in golf. This is almost equally as impressive to me. I mean, you know, these, these guys are so good. And even if the field, the field was good, but even if the field was just average, I mean, just to be able to win, win an event there. I mean, he's 20 years old, sophomore in college. This is, he's two years removed from high school. I think when I was that age, um, I think if I played, played my absolute best, I might've been able to make the cut, but under 
between the ropes, probably not even that because I just don't think I'd be, be able to handle my stuff. But that's kind of the difference between colleges uh, and, and what they do is, you know, they, they uh, the big thing in the recruiting is to prepare the kids for, a, you know, professional golf in the future. So they, they play in big time events. Um, you know, golf channel broadcasts a lot of college events now. And, uh, um, you know, these big time colleges, they, they really want to draw the spotlight, um, on their teams, on their players and everything to, to get them ready to go. And, and, uh, for him to, to beat everybody, you know, like you said, Justin Thomas, um, and Sam Burns in the final group there is, and, and to be able to rinse one, what was that like on seven or something like that? He hit one in the middle of the pond, didn't even come close, just got off all and could have just fallen off the rails and shot 80. I mean, that that's an 80 ball right there and ends up just hanging in there and everything like that it is just a true testament to how good he is. And he'll be able to win the U.S. Junior and the U.S. Amateur, which Tiger Woods is the only one to ever win both. Um, yeah. Tiger won three of each. But, I mean, just to be able to, to win one of each is just is, is incredible. So he, he comes from, you know, he's not totally out of the – out of the blue here, he is a, uh, an excellent player, but just to be a sophomore, to be able to do that is, is amazing. And, you know, he was, he, he was fortunate though. It worked out well for him because playing in the, uh, the Amex, when you have to play with the amateurs and I know we always, we always joke about the Pebble beach event, how we have to watch the amateurs play golf and everything. This is kind of a similar one. They just don't broadcast it on golf channel. Um, but to be able to play with them, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So he never really got two days in like a final pairing. And I think that certainly he used it to his advantage by shooting a 60 on Saturday. I mean, that's just that I, I can't even imagine that. I mean, that I cannot imagine going 11, 12 under par uh, on a Saturday of a PGA event there. So for him though, that Sunday was just, just incredible for him to, to be able to um, stand up to Thomas and to, um, um, and to uh, Burns there, and to, to do that at 20 years old is 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 never going to get the general public's true appreciation for how incredible that is. But it 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 probably it's got to go down in the modern golf area. So era of like 1940 and sooner, it, it's got to be a top 10 moment of of all time in, in the golf scene for him to win versus this type of field. Um, you know, not to make this about me, but uh, let's make this about me for a second. Um, I had Keegan Bradley at the Sony Open uh, to win the tournament, and he goes to the 18th hole, sorry, the 72nd hole, which is, if you follow that tournament, it's, it's. I would say you'd birdie that hole, the pros, I don't know, 60% of the time, it's a pretty easy par five. Uh, Keegan's a great driver of the ball. Of course, he drives it in the rough has to lay up, can't make birdie, goes to playoff, loses to fucking Grayson Murray, a, uh, was he 400 to one? 400 to one. 400 to one. So I lose there. And then I go into, I bet Sam Burns live on Friday. He was at 35 to one. I parlayed it with the Baltimore Ravens money line and uh, the Packers tease it up to 14 and a half. And I got him at 65 to one. Uh, So, Again, I went into Sunday thinking Sam Burns is going to win. I know he's going to win. I'm texting Johnny in the morning. Look how good Sam Burns' career is. He's going to have his sixth win today. He's going to be on par. Him and Max Homa's careers are exactly the same. 
all this. And then again, he goes into the 16th hole with a one shot lead, easy par five. He can't make birdie from the middle of the fairway, 224 yards away, pars it, uh, Dunlap, uh, makes a great birdie. They t- they're tied. I still feel fine. And then he rinses on a 17 and I'm like, Jesus, oh that God. Tisha. I'm like, Oh my God. I said, he's, he's not going to win. He's not going to win. Um, and even, even going to 18, he's down to, I'm like, okay, maybe a birdie bogey, um, exchange is conceivable. It's a tough, you know, tough drive up there. He rinses it again. And I'm like, Oh my God. I was, I was legitimately devastated. I was already counting that money. Um, so two weeks in a row, <laughs> I don't do it often, but I, I was so convinced he was going God, to win it. that tournament. <laughs> so he loses to 400 to one. I lose, to, you know, Grayson Murray at Sony and then to 20 year old Nick Dunlap and back to back weeks. It's just not 350 starting, to one. Yeah. It's not starting off well in 2024 so far, as far as the, the golf bets go. But uh, my only other takeaway from, from this week is I think Justin Thomas is back. I, I think he's back. I, I texted Johnny. I said, I think we got to pull the trigger on him. He's 32 to one to win the masters. Uh, I bet him. I think, I think Johnny said he bet him as well. I don't know what his number yeah. is today, but I think that number is going to move so quick that if you're interested in betting the masters and I think Justin Thomas is always a good fit there. If he's putting half ass, um, I don't know what he is today, but I, I like JT. I think he's back. I think I, I think it really is in for a big year, uh, redemption year. Yeah, that that number there is pretty incredible. When you told me that, I was I jumped on. He's still 32, 32 to one on the FanDuel sportsbook. So if you like to bet futures, um, that's a really good number because typically at his peak time, he's he's twelve to one, twelve to fifteen to one. He's <laughs> last season he was anywhere from like eighteen to one and got worse throughout the season, but. Justin is going to be kind of in an FU type season. I think him a year with, with bones on the bag, um, he's going to continue to work on that putting and his swing looked great. And he, he really putted well. He's going to skip Tory, which is good because he's not going to get those, those shitty ass Poana greens. Um, he'll play a little bit over here on the West coast and then Florida's his bread and butter and, uh, um, you know, getting on those, those Florida greens that he's used to. And hopefully just the confidence is there and, and everything like that. But yeah, he's a, he's a good future. If you like doing those, just a few bucks on that. Um, I'd sprinkle a little bit, still get him because if he wins in Florida, he'll go down to 20 to one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do it, Zach. You know, we like to complain about Justin Thomas after the master, so we can do it together. We can all do it together. <laughs> it's an annual he tradition. Disappointed us so often. Um, Zach, I know you weren't you weren't tracking the event as well uh, as Johnny may have. Johnny, did you see anything that's worth uh, taking forward into the rest of the season or or even this next week? Uh, I specifically did want to mention, um, like you said, I wanted to talk about JT, so I'm glad you did. Um, a lot of times, the guys who play well at Tory either have uh, have a pretty good finish at. Uh, uh, at Sony or at the Amex here. So, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to consider is just looking at the leaderboard from last week and seeing where guys are at and, um, you know, who finished well and look, can look to take that momentum into, into Tory because Tory is a whole lot harder than uh, playing in the, in the dome of, uh, of the, the California desert, which by the way, those golf courses just looked pristine. I mean, I would, 
I can't tell you. I mean, I'm lucky to get to play Riverbend and putt on those Riverbend greens anytime I want to. But man, that California desert with just the, those greens, look at how those things rolled. Oh, it was just made me yearn for for uh, uh, that first warm day in the spring at, at Riverbend here when he's got those greens just smoking hot right before the five man. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Me That's too. I mean that it it's tough to watch this time of year, but it kind of gets you in the mood. I mean, it does get three you, weeks. Yeah. And you see yeah. this beautiful beautiful weather out there. It's what yep. I think it was the low seventies uh, mm-hmm. in the Palm Palm Springs area this last week, and so yeah, it's yeah, it makes it makes you ready for for your own golf game. That's for sure. Um, before we get into Tory, which to me, guys, Tory is always like. It was always like the unofficial start of the PGA Tour season or like the first big event because it's where Tiger would always start a season. And uh, it's kind of why I wanted to get the podcast revved back up this week because of Tory. But before we talk about Tory, you know, kind of along the lines of, you know, predicting Justin Thomas is going to have a big year. Is there anyone that you're thinking that guy, he's ready for a breakout or he's going to have a massive year, um, whether it's an up and comer or if it's a guy that's just like, or he's going to win seven times. I mean, what what's your thoughts, Zach? You got anyone that you're you're lining up for? This guy's going to win a major. This guy's going to win a lot, or you know what have you? I wrote down four names. I'm only going to talk about two. Uh, there was a kid that came out maybe like three or four years ago, Ashke Batia. I think he recently won a tournament. It wasn't a big tournament, but you know to get your first win, I actually think that he has the opportunity to to have a reasonable year. I don't, I don't really think necessarily a breakout year, but if I was going to say a breakout year, the person I would say is I think Fowler's coming back. You know, I saw Fowler. I don't know if you guys know who Michael Morrison is. Um, he's very famous now on YouTube uh, as a, as a golfing podcaster. Uh, he's recently done some videos with like, uh, I think it's Brooke Henderson and, some uh, some other people like that. A, a video with Ricky. I think he has one coming out with Rory here pretty soon. He actually played in a tournament at Riverbend for the Three Rivers Golf Tour uh, maybe like four years ago and won it. So it's just funny that there's a guy who's really, really famous now that played in that. But um, he had that video with Ricky, and Ricky was saying, you know, his whole issue with that was changing his swing uh, mixed with the fact that he wasn't making the putts like he normally does was mainly the reason that he struggled for those two years and, you know, really putting starting to come back around and obviously the swing. So if we can see a Ricky that, you know, is anywhere near what we saw when he was top five in all four majors, uh, we could see a Ricky that maybe wins a major this year or wins a couple tournaments. And I would say that, you know, winning a couple tournaments for Ricky this year would be a breakout year again for him uh, and huge for the game of golf. So so I really do root for that one. That's the one that I really, really want to see happen is Ricky win a couple of tournaments. If Ricky won a major, I, I look at Ricky like Ricky and Homa are almost the same humans now. You know, Ricky for our generation and Homa a little bit now for the younger generation. If either of them win a major, it will catapult golf with that spectrum. Everybody's always wanted Ricky to win a major. Always so I mean, I think that everybody was concerned when he wasn't playing well and felt bad and now, you know, excited that he's playing well. So he would be breakout wise who I hope and actually think 
is going to happen. You remember last summer when we had the who's better argument, Ricky or Dustin Johnson? Yeah. I'll try I, to... I, I feel like I won that now. Well, Dustin Johnson's still better golfer than Ricky, but that's that's not even a question. If they played a match today, that was Dustin that Johnson was, would beat him. If they played a match today, okay. I'm, I'm still I'm still taking Ricky Fowler today. Oh, I didn't wow. say I didn't say better yeah. career. I didn't say better careers is not close. I, I, today, just think that the fact that DJ's far away on live and you guys are anti-live probably don't really watch live i don't watch live either so don't don't get me wrong but out of sight out of mind i think i think it's forgotten the fact that there's no way that dustin johnson has lost his ability to be better at golf than most people i don't think he's Zero lost chance. his ability i think i think his want to and motivation has diminished and that may be a live thing. That may not be a live thing. It may be I, Dustin Johnson's almost 40 and he's past his prime. And he's just like, I'm cool with just hanging out with Paulina on the boat. I mean, I would argue that too. It goes back to something that, that Johnny said a little I'd be, bit I'd ago. Be, I'd be fine with doing that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. But it, it, like the guys of today at 40, you know, Johnny said that Phil winning at 51 was – was one of the greatest feats in golf and hundred percent it is, but I would, I would ask the question, is it, is it actually more impressive than Jack at 46? Because, you know, Jack back then didn't have the physical regiment that, that Phil has now or all that. So who technically at their age was in better physical shape? I would say Phil was in significantly better physical shape at 51 than Jack was at 46. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just goes along. So when you say things like past your prime, I mean, you're 41 years old, right? Are you, are you going to be better 40, at golf? 40. Okay. I'm also 40. So, you know, are, are any of us willing to say that we cannot get better at golf than we've ever been? I would hope not. No, but I, I, I think it's just realistic that Dustin Johnson's best golf, his very best golf, is that, that those days are behind him. He's on the the back nine of his career. I think that's fair Our to betting say. man, well, obviously. I mean, he's had one of the best careers, you know, that anybody's had. So it would be difficult to say that the after 40, he's going to have more than 20 wins on the PGA Tour. But – I don't think he's lost his ability to golf, golf, golf. I did not say ability. I just said the one, two, and the motivation has it's shifted a little bit in my mind. That's that is my only point, and I that's why I would say if I think Fowler right now is just better today. That's all. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree, and that okay. is that. That's kind of where we land on a lot of things, and that's. Fine. Johnny, yeah. breakout slash who, who's who's primed for a massive year besides JT? I was a massive year. So by the way, I did pick Rom. I think we had this discussion last year. I picked John yeah. Rom, and and that, that worked out pretty good there. I do think Victor Hovland is going to continue this um, this incredible play. I, obviously, I, I don't want we don't want to call it a breakout year because. He did that last year 
you know, after, you know, after Muirfield there. So it was just uh, it was a great season, but he has, he kind of was always that kind of happy go lucky, you know, just guy who made a lot of birdies, you know, whatever. But I think he's, he, he, he's got that killer, you know, that killer way to play golf that I think you need there. And um, he's got the short game now to back it up. So I think he's going to be around and be in the, in the mention for a lot of events, a lot of big time events, um, you know, period, periodically throughout the season. I think his game is just, he's just that, that good now. Um, guy who's going to break out. Um, it's, it, I'm going to go chalk here, but uh, of the, you know, of the relatively, not any of the, the top like 10 guys is, is Ludwig Ebert. Um, that guy's talent level is, is through the roof. I mean, you know, the, the fact that he played all those events in the, in the fall, won one of them finished high in a bunch of others and just, just kind of has it there. And, um, getting Joe Scavone on the back, Ricky's former caddy who went to Tom Kim and left Tom Kim to go to, to a bear. Um, I think that's going to be a really good team. Um, and he's just he's just so good. I, I expect him to win, to get a win sometime during the season. Um, and and I think that's like you know I think that's the uh, a reasonable expectation now. You know he is. I don't think he's played in any majors yet, so you know we don't know how his major performance is going to be. But a lot of times these Euro guys that are really really good. They just kind of they almost I don't say they don't know any better, but they don't go in there with uh, the feeling the pressure of the media or what they put on themselves or what their team puts on them. Um, so they just go out and play and play great golf and dude could contend it, you know, like the masters this year, you know, but you know, something like that, but there's a lot of like, I, I want to say, I, I like Batia, actually Batia as, as a guy, um, he was, he had won last year. So I just expect him to be kind of a guy who may win, one time every season and you know if he gets his putting sorted out where it's a little bit more consistent that's a good one um the guys the two guys i like though um minwoo lee is i think a pretty fun dude and guy just has tons of ball speed and putts and and plays the game pretty aggressively as far as he's not his fear of failing or hitting a bad shot or missing a putt just isn't there. And he he kind of broke out. Was it the players championship this year? It was an event early in the year. It was a big time event. He was, he was kind of the kind of up there and just, it was a Sunday kind of collapse, but he's got full membership on the tour this year. And I expect uh, that he could possibly win this year and, uh, um, you know, end up having a big season. And I can't wait till the guy from Vanderbilt, uh, Gordon Sargent, um, yeah. He gets on tour. He's going to be a good guy to. If you play like DFS, yeah, dudes hits it just miles and miles and miles. And he actually graduated PGA Tour University, so he he was given his full card. So there's not going to be that corn uh, ferry experience. He's going right to the tour there, and and either these guys sink or swim. But he's a guy who could come out and win an event. Um, he's going to be a good guy in like DFS where he'll make a bunch of birdies and he'll have pretty low value. His odds are not going to be that great to start. So you could get him probably at like 60 to one, 50 to one, you know, or even higher than that on a lot of these, uh, these PGA tour events. So he'll be one to, to, to see how he adapts to the PGA tour thing. And, but he's been around as an amateur for quite a while. So I could see him, um, you know, 
hit the ground running and being a good player. But, uh, you know, we can always go with the other, the, 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 the big names, but those are just some uh, names I've been kind of researching over the winter time here and ones that I really have kind of liked since midway through last year. Good choices. Uh, what's not, what's not to like about Ludwig, uh, Ludwig, Ludwig, however pronounce it this week. And uh, yeah, I love Minwoo. He's fun. He is, he's yeah. fun. And he, he kind of brings just the entertainment value to golf that maybe not a lot of the guys have where it's like, dude, I got to watch him. If I was at a tournament, I think I'd want to see him for a few holes. Just, he just looks you know, fun to follow. Like you said, hits a long way. It's got a lot of flair. I think he won the Australian Open in November. Yeah, I think so. Or the Aussie PGA. I get those. He won. He won in one of the majors over there. Yeah, yeah over the winter time. Yeah. Um, I like um, with some trepidation um, one guy, but I, I think uh, Sahit Gala, He's already broken through in the fall when he won. Um, you know, the first event of this new season in the fall. He's ranked 19th in the world, so it's hard to say he's going to break through, but I, I could see him win again this year on tour. Um, Big-time fan favorite. Um, I, he's one of my favorites to watch, just makes a lot of birdies. Um, it's never not entertaining. He's got this Spethian way about him where yeah. you're like, oh, my God, he's in trouble, and he's getting out of trouble, and he's you know making putts, and it's just – it's 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 fun to watch, but I, I think the hit is going to continue to elevate. Um, the second guy that I think is going to have a big year again with some trepidation, I say this is Mr. Thomas Fleetwood. Um, I think he's going to finally win on the PGA Tour. Um, he just won a couple weeks ago on yeah. the, uh, uh, the Euro Dubai, Tour, there. yeah, in Dubai, beat Rory. Um, so no small feat there, and uh, I I just I think if if Tommy's ever going to have a year, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta happen sooner or later on, on the PGA tour. Still not that old. I think he's around 30. Uh, so again, still, still, I think has a major type game where I think he'll, he'll contend in a major this year as well. Seriously contend and uh, fan favorite. So Fleetwood is my choice on sort of a known commodity that I think is, you know, could win once or twice on, on tour and I'm sure at some point he's going to let me down in a devastating way because that's his thing. Um, I pegged you guys for a bold prediction for 24. You got anything bold you want to put out there, Zach? I mean, it's not bold to me, but it's certainly going to be bold to you guys. Uh, I think that at least two majors are going to be won by live golfers. At least two majors are going to be won by live golfers. And I, don't, I mean, I, that may not be actually a bold prediction because I'm going to say something that's probably going to start an argument. But if we're talking about top level talent, it's fairly equal now. Like if you put the top 10 golfers on live against the top 10 golfers on the PGA Tour in a Ryder Cup format, I don't know that the PGA Tour is ahead anymore. John Rahm was a big get. Big get. Big. That last big felt unnecessary. I'm just saying, man. When I when I heard that that was happening, I was looking forward to this first show. I, I think that that I know I we're gonna get into live and and PJ right. It, 
Maybe I mean, if we minute. just want to meld it. Listen, we're an hour in, so maybe a minute. Yeah. Okay. So I really do think that the ROM going to live thing is kind of exactly what everybody needed. You know, you guys were 100% right when the live thing first started. You know, it was terrible for the, the game of golf spectator. I don't think it's terrible for any of the people that went to live, but it definitely has watered the professional viewing game of golf down. I mean, the PGA Tour is nowhere near as exciting without the big names that are on live and live is nowhere near as exciting as what uh, the PGA Tour used to be. So anything that can just push us begrudgingly to a merger so that we can all get back to watching the best players play against each other is fantastic. In my mind. So that's really all I'll say about that. But I think we're exactly where we need to be with live and PGA Tour. And that's an absolute chaos so that people can just finally bring it together and we can be done with this charade. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, and I, I, there's no argument to be had here as far as that goes. I, I listen, I just, I just want the best players to be back together. I, I, I I'm kind of over it. My bold prediction was that there's, there's going to be a deal done by the masters. That's my bold prediction. PGA tour needs the, the 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 funding stream clearly sponsors are pulling out tournaments um, we can't pay these guys what we promised we're going to pay them for signature events it was a it was great idea poorly planned not executable with the the revenue stream as currently constructed so with the PIF if there's another funding source whatever I'm over it I just want to see the best players back together uh, I think. I think Liv needs a PGA Tour. I think they need the TV contracts. I think, again, I don't think Liv wants – I don't think the PIF wants to be losing hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in their operations. So they both need each other. Get a fucking deal done. Wake me up when it happens. That's where I'm at. Johnny Strauss. I'm sure that the end – go ahead. No, I was going to – yeah, that, that, that's all I want on that. I, and I don't know what my, my big, bold prediction is. Is maybe I'll maybe I'll announce ones at the end of my my spiel here. But yeah, as far as how how the 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 live PGA Tour stuff is, I'm 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 saying I'm tired of it. I just I don't want I don't want the Players Championship not to have Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith and, and John Rahm. I want to see those guys play, and and the fact that they're not together is just is just devastating. Now, with that being said, I, I agree. At some point, I thought it was going to be by about the players. That was my prediction, that they will have something in place where there's going to be, you know, the, the guys will be back a lot, be back allowed to play on the PGA Tour, and Liv will be kind of a separate entity that these guys who sign contracts can play in and, and everything like that. I know they've been, they've been talking um, I had heard that uh, uh, Jay Monahan was out in Saudi Arabia actually talking to the, the the PIF people and about potential deals and everything. And I know they've got a lot of investors here in the United States that uh, that are looking to to invest money in in it as well. But it's just it's 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 tough because yeah, the PGA Tour can't compete with this because golf is not it's not football, it's not baseball or basketball where they've got just gobs and gobs of money that come in. It's a, it's a niche sport where, you know, Tiger made these guys all a bunch of money. And then, um, um, and then it's just where they can't sustain it. And the sponsors and everything like that dropping out, 
that, that doesn't surprise me. And that's going to be bad about it, about what's going to happen here in the coming years. You know, they probably won't see the effect of it this year, next year, but as farmers is already going to pull out and they've got a couple, uh, Wells Fargo's pulling out of the, the one in, in North Carolina there. So it's got to be, they got to come to something here. And, and I just think for the sake of a golf fan at this point, whatever, you know what, if you want to, if you want to sign with this league and, and support what uh, the, the organization that, that is signing you supports, that's fine, whatever. I just want to turn on my TV and watch the best guys play in on one golf course in one event and, and not to have this divided stuff where you're taking, like Zach said, you're taking 10 of the best players in the world and you're just ripping them away from this organization. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it sucks. And it's just, it's, it's awful. And, and I just, uh, I'm just done with it too. It's just like, just get it done. And I think they will. You said the masters. I think it could be before that. Uh, I think something's going to happen and I, and I hope it does soon. Cause I do want to see these guys back. I want to see all of them back and I hope that they do. And, um, you know, it just, I want golf to be more unified as far as just the fields to be better. I just want to see that going forward and I can't wait for it to happen and it, and it will, but you know, we'll just see how soon that'll end up being. Your week like this week at Torrey Pines win, uh, we know the fields are different than they used to be um, with the signature events and, and all these kind of big events early on back to back to back next week, Pebble, um, then Phoenix, and then Riv. These four weeks, probably you can't play them all, but I'm so ingrained just to the feel of John Rom being a Tory, and he's had such a dominance there. And you know, 2021 U.S. Open there, his first win at, at Tory, him not being here, it is, it is, it is a big void, and there's several big voids now. I mean, yeah, when I went, I'm going to the Memorial in June for the third straight year. I want to see these guys play. I want to see. See Cam Smith up close. I want to see Dustin Johnson back. He's past his prime or not. I want to see him. Um, so my kids. I'm came not in. behind you. My, kid, my kids <laughs> came in and messing with me. Um, so I, I, I'm with you. I just, I just want to see him back together, and I just want to see all the best players in the big events. And I don't want to have to be worrying about live on the CW wherever they're at these days. It's my only dig. It's my only dig, Zach. Um, so I think I think we all agree on that whole, that sentiment, at least um, together. Let's talk about Tori for for a minute. Um, again, I mentioned it's, it, it always had the feel of like the biggest early season events. I don't know if it's the same anymore. Because there's so many, like I said, next week's a signature event at Pebble, which is going to be a better field. Uh, at Riv in a couple of weeks, it'll be a better field, but it still feels like a significant event. I love that they moved this from a Sunday finish so it doesn't go up against the championship games. It's a Saturday night finish. Love that for East Coast viewers like us, where we can, you know, check that on a Saturday evening. Um, if it's going to finish probably seven or eight o'clock our time. So it's kind of a, kind of a good setup what they've done the last couple of years. Um, obviously championships, major championship style course, very long, um, penal rough, poa greens, bumpy greens. Um, I think traditionally here, I think you've got to have some length um, to really have a good chance to win. Um, I think you have, a, have to have a good short game. 
Um, Johnny mentioned it'll be a nice departure from the birdie fest that we've had the first three weeks, especially last week, where birdies actually matter. You know, a 10, 12 underscore is is in contention. Um, so I think it'll be a nice, nice flip um, for where we've been the, the last three weeks. Um, I don't know, Johnny, anything to add on, on the golf course? I mean, it's such a it's such a cool golf course where you have all these scenic views. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like the ninth and tenth hole, it's like runs along that like office park right there. It's kind yeah, of, it's, it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. So it used to be just this really revered layout. It still kind of is, but I think, I think with it got with getting exposed at the U.S. Open, as these holes are just dead straight and, and everything, I think it made for just a lot of the common golf fans to be like, oh, that's kind of weird here. But the golf course is so hard. It's like 7,700 yards. And they're getting, as we speak, a shitload of rain right now. There's this low-pressure system that is just hammering Southern California right now. And it's going to – it was yesterday, and it was it's raining today. And I think it's going to rain tomorrow as well as it moves out. So the golf course is going to be really, really wet. They're going to get good – temperatures throughout the rest of the week uh winds will be relatively reasonable but the golf course is going to be wet and the golf course is extremely long um so it's going to favor the longer hitters um it's got poana green so it's got the uh they, they start smooth and then as the golf course gets stepped or the greens get stepped on and walked on they get a little bit bumpier and they they always grow in funny directions the grass blades do so it'll make it for, for some interesting uh, putting as it always does. Um, but it's a really hard golf course. There's a reason why Tiger went here every single year because it was an early season test. Um, and he played it a lot as a junior golfer, but it was an early season test and they made it really tough. And it it's it's going to have thick rough and, and you know, the course is going to be long and they're going to have those marine layers that may roll in and, and where the ball just won't fly at all. Um so this is going to favor the longer hitters. I mean, I, I we you need dudes who can who can put it out there. I would, I, I've kind of looked at it, and and some of these short hitters who are playing pretty good, um, I'm going to stay away from them this week. I know they can kind of put it in the fairway, but they're going to be hitting, you know, hybrids and four irons in, you know, all day long. So, so um, it'll be a good test. The first two days are played on the south course and the north course. The weekend is played on the south course. The north used to be kind of a pushover. It's it's not so much anymore since they've redone it. Um, so I don't expect really great scores. I mean, we saw 20, 29 under, 28 under, whatever it was. It's going to probably be half that uh, this week. So guys are going to have to go off their ball. Um, you know, it, it, it's good to have course knowledge. And you got to be able to put it out there off the tee because you just can't have the long irons going into every single par four. Um, for time purposes, um, you know, instead of segmenting the odds, I just want you to give me two or three, two or three of your best plays based on kind of the, that, that your criteria or, you know, good value, whatever it is. Um, you know, Zach, I know before we went live, you mentioned a guy that you like a little bit down the board. That is. Uh, Lowry. I mean, I always like Shane Lowry. Uh, you do like Shane Lowry. Lowry. You do. Like I do. Shane I, I do. And I and I think that really, you know, I don't bet like you guys do. So I think for me, it's a lot of like familiarity. And what I really do is I'm just trying to pick semi-long shots that that you know are are historically good golfers that 
you know, on a long shot could win. Lowry's one of those guys, at the same time, he doesn't hit it real far. So you guys got me a little bit scared about the fact that, you know, it's going to be wet. I didn't Lowry know about can... I think Lowry's long enough. Yeah, I think he's long enough. You know, I didn't go out and do my meteorology. So I wasn't ready for he, he I, had a, lot of, uh, I yeah. had a lot of nervous energy before the football game yesterday. There was a yeah. there was a lot of things I could have done there, and that was yeah. one of those things. He even mentioned I the could, low I pressure could, system. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. the Marine. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. So um no, Lowry's one of them. Um I, I'll tell you, and, and I don't know that I'd bet him, but and you guys are gonna be surprised to hear this. I'm actually interested to see how Salatoris does this year. Obviously, not one of my favorite guys. Uh, I do like him, but, you know, just don't pet him. But I am interested to see how he does. No, I do like him. I mean, I think that you think because I historically don't bet people. There's very few people. So No, no, it's not just that. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, you said, no, you just like, I don't know what the big deal is about Will Zalatoris. That's what you've said. Well, I don't know what the big deal is about Will Zalatoris. But I'm going to look this year to try to find it. I'll tell you that. So I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, don't yeah, don't backtrack. This is I'm not, not about, I'm not about the betting angle. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a better Zach this year when it comes to Will Zalatoris. So a more positive Zach towards Will Zalatoris. Wait until we talk about Scotty Shuffler. Maybe that'll change. <laughs> uh, so, all right, yeah. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot more insight on the betting aspects from you guys. But uh, Lauer is a guy that when I when I just skimmed over it, I liked his number. I think it was fifty five uh, hundred on DraftKings when I looked. So he's a guy that popped out. Uh, I saw. Uh, I will say, and Johnny kind of poo pooed on this, but Francesco Molinari. There was a couple of weeks ago. I think he played well on the European tour, and he's way down there at like twenty five hundred. But he definitely doesn't fall very far. So. Um, I'd be interested to see if he comes back in any way throughout the year. I think he, I think he played pretty well a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was like top five, I thought, in, yeah. in a European tour. Event. That was that. Yeah. That was that uh, fifty man event, I think. That first yeah. Dubai event. Okay. So he played good golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... you, you know, Lowry is a guy though that I think, in theory, sets up reasonably well for for Tory, especially when yeah. I think about getting the ball up and down, short yeah. game, um, can play from the rough. We've seen him win f- uh, from other golf courses like uh, Firestone, where you gotta you're gonna hit the ball in the rough, you gotta play from the rough, and um, I, I actually don't I don't hate that. It's a good it's a good number. I mean 60, 60 to one on Lowry last year in Florida, and he's he's uh, he lives in Florida, so he's more used to the Bermuda greens there, but. Last year, you could get you couldn't get him at twenty eight to one. I mean, he was constantly low twenties. Sixty to one is tremendous value on that. Yeah, good. That's a good. That's a good little uh, nugget there, Zach. That's a. I, I kind of like that. I don't. I personally don't like Zalatoris right now, just because he has been out for so long, and that putter. He likes the putter. But the putter doesn't like him, and that one that he's using now—that's that that, uh, uh, that Lucas Glover putter. Um, it's Adam Scott's using it as well. He just he can't make putts consistent enough. However, I mean the the guy was out for a year, so you know it, mm-hmm. he's going to be back. He's got to get healthy. He had major major back surgery, so mm-hmm. you know that just takes forever. But uh, he's kind of appropriately priced, and I I think he'd be a stay away. But the Lowry bet that's a good one there. Um, 
what I my my favorite one on the board here, I think, is um, is Keegan Bradley actually, um, thirty to one there. I think uh, he's you know, he's Florida man, so he's generally better on the Bermuda greens. But he's he played well at Sony, should have won Sony. Um, so he kind of fits my criteria. What I said earlier as a uh, top ten finish in, in one of the first two events, he can get it out there no problem. And I think uh, I think we're going to see a good a really good Keegan Bradley this year. I think his ass is still a little bit chapped about the Ryder Cup. Um, I, I think this is like you know. One of the, one of these years where he's going to kind of come to play, and he wants to prove that he's in that that uh, that top echelon of American golfers and just golfers in general. There, but uh, he's very comfortable with that putter that he's got, um, and he gets it out there just fine. But thirty to one is a pretty tempting number for a guy who's playing you know playing pretty good there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bite on that. Uh, another guy I like not, I'll throw a little bit on a win bet, but I like him more in the top ten is Justin Rose. Um, he's a former winner here when he was, uh, when he was the number one player in the world, um, hits still can bring it. Uh, the putting is, is kind of okay. He was a little bit up and down in Hawaii, but, um, you know, he, he can kind of, um, he can kind of fit that there. Um, I know I want to move back up to the top of the board though, real quick. I know we've always talked to, this is a guy we just absolutely don't want to bet. And he has got just an absolutely horrendous number is Xander Shoffley. But Xander Shoffley, I don't know. I I think he I, he was close to being one of my breakout guys this year. I was going to give him one one final chance in 2024. I think you could pair him up with. I don't like the 900 or the nine to one um, bet, but pairing him with the uh, Lions NFC and AFC. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Do it. Yeah. Show the ticket. <laughs> I, no, I I something like that. Yeah, is is paired up with. Uh, with any either of the two games that you want to get it closer to like 2500 uh, plus 2500 or something like that you know you'll need a little bit of a little bit of luck there with uh, potentially three legs but uh you know that's a good one there um but not at not at nine to one but i do like him this week a lot um he's from the area had started not the his career not playing well at tory but has been really really good as of recent so he's a guy i like and then uh sep Strzok at 40 to one um good solid player uh played good out in hawaii um you know i think he's just going to carry it and he he can get it out there just fine with the driver uh you know it'll be good there so i'll be very curious to see what the draw is based on the weather and everything because they they play half the field plays the north course the first day half the field plays the south and i got to see a little bit more research on who typically wins based on what course you start at but uh but with that being said those are just some names um, in the first half of the board that I really, really like. I do like Xander, too. I feel like he's going to win this tournament somewhere down the road. To be yeah. Honest, and it's 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 so funny. You know, we talk about golf betting, and we're usually, like, avoiding the 7-to-1s and 8-to-1s. Mm-hmm. And if, if it was any other sport, if we had 7-to-1 or 8-to-1 on anything, it would be amazing. It's, yeah. it's funny how we look at it differently. Um but yeah, I think if you felt like you had, if you found a couple uh, random NBA games you like, which I do from time to time, parlay it with Xander, get it closer yep. to like twenty to one or something, that would be pretty pretty nice value. Um, you know, the guy that I want to bet, and I just don't know that I probably will. Usually, debutants at this golf course at this tournament don't do that well, except John Rahm when he won here in his first year. 
Um, Ludwig is pretty, is pretty enticing at 20 to one, just his, his driving ability sets up awesome here as far yeah. as just being long and accurate. Um, you know, some of some, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I haven't seen him play enough to know about a short game well enough. Um, but just the ball striking ability off the tee is interesting at 20. Um, I had circled down the board a little bit. Um, I also had Sep <laughs> circled at 40, unbelievably. Um, Sep just, he climbs up here in these type of, these type of fields, some pretty good fields and can really make a lot of birdies. And when he gets going, he's, he's honestly like as hot as anyone when he's yep. in his elements, kind of weird to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like Jason Day. I don't like Jason Day at twenty-two to one either. I say twenty-two. That 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 doesn't seem like that's good of value. I love. I was just gonna say uh, he's a name I was gonna I should have mentioned, but that's another one I'd have to parlay it to yeah. make it and, a little bit more attractive. And, and and course history here, it seems like when you play well here once or twice, it seems like every year you're kind of yeah. in the top he ten, could, top twenty. And yeah. Jason Day is always in the mix here. It's yeah, he like, puts those Poe greens really, really well. Um, so kind of, there's a couple names that had the top going down the board. My my favorite play, going back to my 2022 vibes, one of my greatest plays ever. I'm, I'm, I've already put it in today. Uh, hit it at 80 to one two years ago. Gonna hit it at 80 to one this year. Luke List. I'm going back. Luke to List. The, Yep. Luke uh, List. And now it's to the point where like, okay, now he he's won again. Um yep. he won in the won fall. In Mississippi. Um his putting is not horrendous. His ball striking is still off the charts mm-hmm. and he's got a reasonable short game. And I, I said it two years ago, Tori is like the perfect golf course for him. Yep. So I like the number of eighty. I actually really like Ryan Fox down here at eighty as well. Um might find him at 75, but he has a bit of a similar game to to list. It might be a little bit more erratic uh, off the tee, but um, has won some some reasonable DPT, DP World Tour events as well. I think it's a good number for him. Um, so those are a couple of long shots that I, I really, really like for this week. But there's there's some amazing top 20 numbers down the board here that I think it's a, it's a pretty wide market for people that are 151 win, 201 win, where I think I, th- I, I don't do a lot of top twenties. I usually just do the win market, but I think it's a pretty interesting, there's going to be some plus 1000 plus 1200 wow. numbers out there for top twenties. I agree. Buying. This is, this is weird just because we're used to just an absolutely loaded field here. So you've got it. You know, we always say with this one, I know we've discussed this event last like three years since we started the podcast. It was like, you know, stay away from these these big number guys, you know, with the long odds. But this week, you don't. I don't think you have to. And you, you know, just look at the first three weeks. You got Kirk, who was like two hundred to one, and then Grayson was four hundred to one, and and Dunlop was three three hundred fifty to one. So it's yeah. it's out there. Maybe this is the the season where. These guys do that, but yeah, I I looked at some of that stuff. I mean, I there's some decent names out here at two two hundred and fifty one with Maddie Schmidt and Carl Yuan and um, Alejandro. Uh, uh, what's his name? Alejandro uh, <laughs> yeah. Postai. Yes. That dude. 
I hope we get. I hope he contends just just because that guy has the worst temper, and it's just amazing to watch. He is an absolute jerk. But but with uh, again with that being said, there's there's some decent numbers there, and and I'm I'm going to look at the top twenty and top thirty market as some of our best bets. Which by the way, the tournament comes out uh, starts on Wednesday again. Remember, so we're going to have to have best bets out sooner and get all your bets in. But uh, definitely some tr- attractive names out there. Yeah, Sam Ryder, Sam Ryder, hundred Sam Ryder almost won the tournament last year. Wow, yeah. Tom Tom Hoagie, uh, he played really well last week, 150, yeah. 150 to one, but just like top ten, eleven to one. Uh, so a lot of good stuff down the board, I think. A lot of good options uh, to 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 where you don't have to lock down a win, but you can still uh, you know manage the top ten, top twenty, and win some money. Um, all right, guys, this is going long. I just need one more thing from you. As we turn to our own golf game for 2024, um, you know, obviously early in the season, I don't know, you guys ever follow the Justin Thomas goals and he updates everyone at the end of the season on Instagram or or Twitter, sorry, or X, whatever it is now, and kind of gives the inside look of what his goals were and, and you know, was he close to beating them? Um, I don't need that whole list, but what's what's one or two things that you guys have in your own mind that you want to uh, kind of achieve this year, or if it's you know get better at uh, driving the golf ball or whatever? If it's a more of a macro or micro goal, what does those look like for you guys, Zach? Uh, I guess I can say three things. Um, I want to have a fully healthy year. Um, that's I mean, I'm sure that everybody can say that, but um, last year was three quarters of a healthy year, and it was nice to, you know, feel good and to even still throughout all of indoor golf physically still feel good after all of that. So that's a big positive. Um, I would like to, and this is going to be the hardest one for me because I'm lazy, I would like to dedicate more time to practicing because. I feel like I can't have the expectations that I feel like I should have without putting in the work. Uh, and thirdly, I would like to play more golf with my father. Uh, and that is kind of always one of them, but that uh, every year I think that that thought in my mind comes more. So uh, those would be my three. Um, I'm trying to go into this year with no expectations whatsoever when it comes to tournaments or competitive golf whatsoever or if i care to play competitive golf so um i just want to have a fun year simplify it sure yeah and i'm sure playing with your dad at coyote creek uh yeah but i mean i'll play with him anywhere i that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm going to coyote creek it just it just means i would like to play more golf i was just Kind of just don't. That was the implication. That's probably not. That's that's another podcast. There's no implication there. Just want to play more golf. Johnny, what do you got? Ooh, I'll do three as well. I want to. I want to gain. I want to get my ball speed up by twelve miles per hour. It's currently. It's currently close to about 150. I want to get it above 160. I had it there a few, three or four years ago. Not there anymore. It's it's climbing, though. 
Um, I want to win three rivers tour player of the year. I looked at their schedule and I've got some availability to play in a lot more of the events based on my work schedule. And I want to win an FWGA event again, looking up there and I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight FWGA trophies. And none of them are like 2020 and later. They're all before that. So ready to, to add to that shelf there to, uh, um, win another one this year and again I don't know the schedule so I don't want to put any goals beyond that but that's just uh, we know the guy who's been winning all of those and everything and uh, uh, ready to put somebody else on top of the board there and seeing what I could do so I think that's that those are reasonable goals I can all achieve and looking forward to uh, a healthier offseason now and a, and a healthy year and everything uh, no longer doing the glasses I got contacts now so I'm not going to be uh, having to push the glasses up and have them slide down my nose while I play and, and everything. So it's uh, it's going to be a little bit of a change to, to adjust to it. But uh, if I could get those done, uh, I'll be really happy with how the season goes. I, I, I didn't know how many FWGA wins you had. So that was – that's yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. That, I had a I had a good run for for several years and then and then yeah then there was other people that uh, had a lot of good runs as well so I'm still I'm still not old enough to where it's like I'm too old for that stuff I can I can still get it get it out there but ball speed first good golf and and we'll see where it, where it goes yeah don't don't put dirt over you yet that's what you're saying here don't bury me yet man. Uh, I guess I feel like I got to do three as well. Um, my number one is just to practice and play more, uh, to have any sort of expectations to play competitively. It's a, like Zach mentioned, it's a bit unreasonable if you actually don't put time into it to expect fantastic results. It's it's irrational, and uh, so that's one is just figure out a way in my schedule to make that happen, even with three kids and whatever, just got to make it happen. Um, number two, when I am out there, I want to improve my par five scoring. Um, playing with good players uh, enough, I see just how often they take advantage of the par fives um, with not just making birdies, but not making sloppy bogeys. And uh, so that's something I have to get better at. Um, and, and number three is really just trying to keep doubles, triples off the card. Um, you know, I've played long enough where I feel like I I might have some psycho scorecards. I, I know I've played with Johnny in certain rounds where I could put four birdies on the card, but, man, I'll have like two doubles and a triple, and it kind of just ruins all the work. So um, just, just kind of managing those, um, you know, if if, if – if I have misses, trying to manage those and make bogey instead of making doubles and triples, and um, because there's enough usual good stuff that happens throughout my round, yep. where um, it's just man, it, it is a killer, and it kills your um, kind of your 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 morale during the round, and it's yep. it's hard to it's hard to keep those going when you you throw a couple doubles in there. So um, that's where I'm at. I kind of was expecting one of your three to be finally become a full member at Riverbend and 
you know, join us. We were we were hoping for that. I want to, and it's it's not off the table this year. I just I have to I have to do some math to see if it's sure. if, it, if it makes sense, and it, it might be just like a conversation with with Tom or Aaron and saying like, uh, what what can you put together for me that, that makes sense? Yeah. So, I, I do. I, I want to be everybody. there and I want to play in the you know the member events and and all that. So not off the table for for. I was going to say I wanted to win the club championship again, but I, with, you know, Zach being, you know, here. (laughs) He does too. That was kind of a given goal there, but no, that was, yeah. I hope you do join because it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's a great group group of people. That stretch of golf you played for five holes was astounding to be completely honest. So uh, I try not to think about that weekend very much if I'm being honest, but when I do, Normally, the thoughts are just of the dagger I felt in my heart when you ran that putt in for Eagle, and I knew at that point that yeah, I was in trouble. Yeah, that was it right there. Fuck, man. You hit that thing so hard, yep. and it hit dead center, and had it not have gone in. I was down the front of the green. Such a good hole. You played that so well. Ah, it was a great tournament. It was super fun. Like yeah. such a good week. And I keep saying that every time, but like, and and I think we kept saying that to you, but like the steeplechase afterwards, it doesn't matter if you win or you lose the no. steeplechase afterwards. That's just, that's just incredible. Everything away. So yeah. it's, it's so much fun. So yeah, much fun. They, they, they know how to do it out there. Looking forward to seeing Phil out there so that he can join and, uh, and be part of that as well. It's like, yeah, good final sales pitch there, Zach. Listen, I, w- I want to make it happen, man. I want to make it happen. Uh, we better call it a night before uh, my wife serves up like divorce papers when I come out of here. Um, uh, Zach, Johnny, appreciate you guys taking all the time tonight. Uh, and go Lions on Sunday. Go fucking Lions. Go Lions. All right, guys, we'll be back hopefully most weeks with your best bets. Uh, Check our best bets out starting uh, on Tuesday, uh, short notice, but uh, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, best bets will hopefully be back regularly and we'll have shows most week on YouTube and then Spotify and Apple as always. So thanks for joining. Let's have a good 2024 ahead of us. Goodbye.